Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And all who are thirsty. And all who
every person who's listening to Father. Their spirits, their souls, their bodies. Father, we ask for full restoration, Lord. To your children. Father, that you would restore Israel, Lord. Father, that you would restore your church, you would restore your bride. Holy Spirit, that you would move across your bride tonight and reveal to her your goodness, reveal to her your mercy and your everlasting kindness. Father, reveal to her the abundance of your mercy and favor on us who believe, Lord, on us who trust you, Father, on us who cast everything aside and as Paul said, count everything lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. You know, I had an interesting um, thought today. I was driving home thinking about the broadcast, and I was, and I, and I remembered that I, um, I listened to a lot of um, ministry programs and sermons over the course of my Christian life, and it always surprised me in a sense, um, and I don't want to say surprised, but in a, in a way of being shocked, but surprised and not completely understanding, um, always hearing messages talk about riches and um Rewards in heaven. I remember listening to one minister who, at like Paul said um, himself, um, whether in spirit or in the body, um, went to heaven and beheld things that were even unlawful to talk about and beheld the majesty and the splendor and the glory of the heavenly realm of this place that we will all someday call home. The place where it says that we are citizens, fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, as it says in Hebrews, that we're, we're, not, we're, we're strangers and we're pilgrims on this earth, and that our citizenship is in heaven. It says that we're even as of now seated at the right hand of God, that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seated in him, being the body of Christ. And, you know, this um, message talked about this this guy, and he was talking about how he got to heaven and he got to see his house there, and it was like a mansion, and everybody dreams about having a mansion in heaven or whatever, and, and go on about the wars, and the Bible says that our works will be judged in the last days, and it'll be burnt. Some things will be burned up, and we'll see what's left. Um, and I always thought about that, about the moment when we all pass from death, from life into death, because it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so, one minute you're here on the earth, and the next minute you're standing before the king. And at that moment when most likely you're unable to speak, unable to say anything but behold with 
you become speechless and you're only hoping to hear one thing from him which is well done good and faithful faithful servant entering into the joy of your Lord and it occurred to me that after that point it really doesn't matter because that's it that's that's the height to me of expectation of everything in this life all the trials and tribulations is to be able to stand before him to behold him and to hear well done good and faithful servant enter in into the joy of your Lord and mansions and riches and glory and crowns don't matter at that point all our crowns we cast before him because he's the only one worthy. And the verse that came to me when I was thinking about this is the verse where David said, you have become my exceedingly great reward. And what else is there? What else is there to look forward to? The hope beyond all hope, the eternal life that we already know we have through the blood of Christ Jesus, we be, us being sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is, the Bible says, is our, the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. And we have an inheritance reserved for us, being co-heirs with Christ. But what else but to stand before him and to see him and to look upon him says the pure in heart will see God you know the Bible says blessed are those who have not seen and believe but oh that moment when every one of us finally get to stand before him in whatever form we are at that point we get to stand before the King of Kings. We get to bow before Him. We get to join with an innumerable host of angels and an innumerable amount of people and cry, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And you realize that none of this is about us. It's about him. It's about us and as far as relationship and what he's done. But all the rewards and all the praise and everything isn't about us. It's about him. It's about what he did. Him alone. Even when we are faithless, even when we fall. The Bible says a righteous man will fall seven times. Even when we fall, even when we mess up. Even when we don't believe, even when we're faithless, the Bible says he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. The psalm says, I believe Psalm 37, it says, I have been young, I'm going to paraphrase it, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is he begging for bread. Never seen the righteous forsaken. I was thinking about, you know, 36 now and I've had so many countless friends so many blessings from the Lord 
to have so many people in my life. Some people come, some people go. You have friends that are always there, friends that you know just for a little while, and then they move on, the Lord moving people into the place that he has for them. And looking back over the lives of people, myself, my family, my wife, my friends, those people who I've served the Lord with together since it seems like we were just kids. And and it's funny how time passes so quickly that in a moment it's gone. It's like a vapor. You close your eyes and five years have passed. I mean, 20 years have passed. And you learn so many lessons in life. We learn so much about the world around us, about ourselves, about our friends, about about everything. And we learn about him by watching him move in our own lives and by watching him move in the lives of those around us to the point that you can never question his love. You can never question his faithfulness. Though you may not always understand everything that happens, you may not always have an answer to every question, you may not be able to comprehend everything that goes on in the world around you, but it doesn't matter because you know that he's faithful. You know that his word is true. You know that his mercy endures forever from generation to generation. That he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And beyond everything else, I think that's it, that we learn that he is faithful to his word toward us. The Bible says that that which he started, he will complete until the day of Christ. For every person who's listening tonight, that means you. That that which he started in you, he will complete till the day of Christ. You know, we bring up over and over again on this broadcast, the book of Jeremiah, where he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Before you were born, I knew you. And what does that mean to know us? To be intimately acquainted with all our ways. The Bible declares that the very hairs on our heads are numbered whether you have a few hairs or whether you have a lot of hairs. Every atom, every molecule, every piece of DNA in our body was crafted together, was formed and shaped with this image that the Father had. And he sang over us. Before I formed you, I knew you. I had a plan for you. As he says in the Old Testament, I know the thoughts I think for you, thoughts of good and not of evil. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. And we don't come tonight to the God who and just merely provide. But we come before the God who is more than enough. 
the God who is more than enough. The God who is more than enough. The Bible says, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Just think about that for a second. I has not seen, nor has any ear heard. You know, if that was enough, that's enough. You know, all the prophets and all the men and women of God who are continually before the Lord, those who hear his voice clearly, who seek his face continually, who converse with the Lord on a daily basis, I have friends who hear amazing things from the Lord, times and dates and and seasons. And the Lord will say, I need you to go here this morning, and they'll go there, and the Lord will meet them. And out of everything the Lord speaks to his people, you know, the Bible says that the Lord does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. And so whatever is going on, the Lord is speaking it out to his people. But even with everything that's happening, everything that the Lord's saying, it says, I have not seen nor has any ear heard the things that God has prepared. Prepared. It doesn't mean that sooner or later it's gonna he's gonna start getting ready for it. He's gonna start trying to figure out what he's gonna do. It means that he already has a plan, he's already prepared for it. He's already prepared for you, he's already prepared for me. He's made a way through the blood of Jesus Christ. The things that God has prepared for those that love him. It doesn't say those that are perfect. It doesn't say those that are completely without sin. It doesn't say those who do absolutely everything right or preach the best messages or win the most people to Christ. It says that those that love him. For the Father longs to lavish his love upon his children. To those that love him, those that will believe him, those that will trust him. Those that will realize that there's more to this life and the life to come than the things that we can behold with our physical eyes and the things that we can touch with our physical hands and the things that we can comprehend with our physical sense with our physical um, senses. He has prepared a place for us. Jesus said, I know those who are mine and the enemy cannot snatch them away. And tonight the Father is saying that you are his. You're his beloved. He has prepared a place for you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. It doesn't matter what it has looked like or could look like or does look like. It doesn't matter what's around you, what what triumphs and or what failures. Or, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, whether it's good or bad, because you have a hope and the trust that he said, I know the thoughts I think for you thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, the Bible says that in the same psalm, it says that (laughs) the steps of the righteous, the steps of the man ordered by the Lord, 
says that we are his workmanship in Ephesians, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Actually, that was a different one. Here's what it says in Psalms 37:23. It says, "The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delights in His way." So, who does the promise apply? Who does the promise of this good life, of this good plan, apply to? Well, to those who believe, to those who trust, to those who forsake their own lives to take up his, those who realize that they're not their own, those who realize that they were purchased with the price of the precious blood of Jesus, those who trust him and believe that he knows and has a better plan than what we can possibly imagine. You know, many times we can come to the Lord and we can say, almost like Moses on the mountain, when the Lord said, Moses, I want you to do this. And Moses was like, oh, no, wait, wait, Lord, not me. I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I can't speak good enough. There's no way you can put me in front of all those people. You, you, you must have it wrong. As if the Lord didn't know everything about Moses and the anointing that he had placed upon his life far before Moses ever encountered him at the burning bush. But the Lord knew the plan that he had for Moses' life. And what does the scripture say? If you were reading Psalms, or 1 Corinthians, Chapter 1, you know, let's start at verse 18. It says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You know, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world lies under the sway of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. Unwilling to come to the Lord. That they can be healed. And they believe that. This Jesus that we serve. They believe is foolishness. But what does it say? It says. But to us who are being saved. It is the power of God. For it is written. I will destroy. The wisdom of the wise. And bring to nothing. The understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. You know, it always surprises me. I love um, 
my wife can tell you I love watching the Discovery Channel, and especially um, shows by people like Carl Sagan and um, people like that. And while some of them may not be Christians, just to see them explore the universe, just to, and I'll, I'll flip through like NASA websites and the Hubble Telescope sites just to see the creation that God has made in men in the height of their wisdom because they understand so little, believe they know so much that they would be foolish enough to declare that he does not exist because they don't understand. And yet their wisdom becomes foolishness because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And it says in 1 Corinthians First Corinthians one twenty three, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of this world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. You know, it... Um, I had a friend uh, named a different Chris than the, the one that you all know. And I remember Chris was telling me this story of how he was upset about something that he had he had done and or something that had happened and I, I don't remember the exact details of what it was or what the situation was, but this friend of mine named Chris said that he was asking the Lord and talking to the Lord, and he's like, Lord, whose fault is this? Who's to blame for this? I want to blame someone. And the Lord spoke to him, and he said, if you're going to blame anyone, blame my son. And when he said it, I didn't quite comprehend what he was meaning until Chris explained it. And he said, you know, when... Jesus died upon that cross. He took all the punishment. All of it. From beginning to end. He said, I'm the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It all started with him. It all ends with him. All the punishment was put upon him on that cross. All the shame put upon him on that cross. 
all the embarrassment and put it upon him on that cross, except for he wasn't embarrassed of us. All the wrath of God that he didn't deserve, that we deserve so much, was placed upon him. All the blame was put upon him. And in that moment, God took all his wrath for man, for the sins of the world. And as I guess it says in the old in the Bible, smote him, poured out his vengeance upon him, upon him who became sin for us, that the righteousness of God could be ours, that we could become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, through faith in him alone. You know, we stand before him and we, we, we're like, God, we want to be righteous. Well, you are righteous. You can never be righteous of your own acts. You can never be holy by your own acts. You can never be pure by your own acts. This is our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. But you are already righteous. Before the foundation of the world, you are righteous in Christ Jesus because he has become our righteousness. He has become our sanctification. He has become our redemption. It is because of him we can stand before the Lord God Almighty, holy, without spot or blemish, having been redeemed from the curse, having been redeemed from our sins through the blood of Christ, that we stand free, no longer in chains, no longer in in sin, no longer bound, but free. To live for eternity in his presence because of what he's done. And the world will never comprehend it. The world will never be able to understand it. You know, I find it interesting that the church tries to go to the non-believer and say, well, you need to do this, 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 and this, instead of just saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, which is what the Bible said to do. Of course, the Bible also then said, if they don't receive you, you wipe your feet and you go on. But continually, the world attempts to convince and persuade the world to live in such a manner that is contrary to their very nature because they don't have the nature that comes from being born again in the spirit. They can't comprehend. They can't understand. We speak of the mysteries of God. We speak of his presence and the abundance of his love. But to most of those on the outside, of those gates. They can never understand. You can explain it with all the words that you have and they won't be able to comprehend it until the Holy Spirit comes and touches them. Until the goodness of God comes 
and touches them until he opens their hearts and he opens their eyes so they can see as if for the very first time the Lord. What does it say? Not by might nor by power but by his spirit. It's like people like Catherine Coleman would go on stage to preach a message and she would say that she didn't want to step on the stage unless she knew the Holy Spirit was going with her because she knew it wasn't her power, it was his. She knew it wasn't just the anointing she had on her life, it was him. Because without him we can do nothing and it's all because of him and all the glory and the praise and the honor for eternity will never belong to us. It will always belong to him. For you see, he did it all. For me, for you, for our family, for our friends, for those who don't know him yet. He did it all.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.